the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you every Saturday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And, of course, I'm joined in studio once again by the producer of Education Nation and my co-host, Mark Durkin. And another good Saturday evening. We're in June now. Yes, we are. It is very nice to be there. Yes, it is. And uh, coming up on uh, a vacation that I'm going to be taking. So I'm um, yes. looking forward to that. And uh, we will be looking forward to Fourth uh, of July and all the things that come with summer. And regardless of how warm it gets, it's always nice to have that change of scenery, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> it sure is. It <laughs> it's is a lot to see. It is. It is. <laughs> well, last week on Education Nation, we began a discussion on the federal government's implementation of the Every Student Succeeds Act, or more commonly known as ESSA, and some of its key goals and objectives at its passage into federal law. And we also discussed ESSA's impact on the states, including Minnesota and the objectives of the final Minnesota ESSA state plan accepted in late 2017 by the U.S. Department of Education. We can all agree that a solid K-12 education best prepares our nation's children for post-secondary education opportunities. However, federal and state politics have tremendous influence in Minnesota's comprehensive assessments, and parents and their kids are faced with negative consequences if they were to choose to opt out. Mm-hmm. And joining us again tonight to discuss the particulars as they pertain to the state's comprehensive assessments is Linda Bell. And Linda is a 25-year veteran public school teacher who saw firsthand the consequences of educational reforms over four decades in both Florida and Minnesota. In the mid-1980s and early 1990s, she worked for the Florida Department of Education, writing state academic standards and curriculum. She also founded Minnesotans Against Common Core in 2013, kicking off over 60 talks with parents and citizens across the state of Minnesota. At the same time, Mac began meeting with legislators as citizen lobbyists and had their first bill passed on student surveys in 2015. We've now learned that Mac has changed their title to Minnesota Advocates and Champions for Children. So, Linda, we are grateful to have you back in the studio or back on the line with us. Uh, for our show this week, and thank you again for being on Education Nation. Thank you, Rebecca and Mark. It's it's really a pleasure to be here again. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And as we learned last week, uh, you are a fountain of knowledge, and so we look forward to talking with you some more today. Let's jump in again, and can you tell us a little bit more about the legislative hearings regarding the Minnesota State Plan 
and the statewide MCAs. Is it true that some Minnesota legislators did want 95% or higher testing attendance, thereby removing all opt-outs? Well, it is true. Uh, In 2017, Minnesota Business Partners, this is a business lobby, Mm -hmm. they authored a bill to financially incentivize school districts who met or exceeded the 95% testing rate. Numerous senators were talking about this is going to close out all opt-outs in the state of Minnesota. But thankfully, the bill was not passed, and we happily thank the senators for pulling back on what really could have eroded parental rights. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a really important detail. You know, this is something I've noticed over the course of the years of being involved with education, that businesses are quite involved in education in most states across the nation. They certainly are here in Minnesota. And on the one hand, I can really see why, you know, they are... They are going to be hiring the product of the schools, and therefore it's important to them to make sure that kids are being educated well. Um, But they don't have an understanding of what it means to educate or what the process and procedure is to educate kids. And so sometimes I think that there's a little bit of a... um, uh, a negative effect as much as I that my, my husband's a small business owner and he cares very much about who he hires. And so I think it's important, but I think there needs to be some understanding that educators usually know best about education and businesses know best about their businesses. And there can be great conversation, but I don't think that businesses should be dictating what happens in the educational realm. Would you agree? We would definitely agree. Mm-hmm. They don't, they just the, their place is misplaced mm-hmm. completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. And again, the most recognizable name in all of that behind Common Core was the Gates Foundation. Right. That's the interesting right. thing. It's not like I say. It's not just happening in Minnesota. It is nationwide. And you know, business people have great skills, and I think they they have laudable reasons for wanting to be involved. Uh, but once again, you you can't always take and extrapolate what you're doing in business and apply it to education and assume you're going to get the same results. It's two totally different things. And ed- educators yeah. understand that. I don't know that business people always understand that. Um, so, well, uh, Linda, the initial state plan used the term not proficient, except in rare cases of a medical exemption causing headaches all over the state. Did the federal government force the state of Minnesota to measure proficiency this way? Well, you're going to be surprised. No, they didn't. The really? federal government did not force Minnesota to measure testing rates in any particular way. Hmm. The language of ESSA actually lays out a rule of construction for opting out, stating, nothing in this paragraph shall be construed as preempting a state or local law regarding the decision of a parent to not have the parent's child participate in the academic assessments under this paragraph. Unfortunately, though, as is legally allowable, a state can go beyond the federal code, passing state laws that go more stringently than federal law. And the inclusion of non-proficient language did indeed exceed federal law. Hmm. And why do you think Minnesota decided to go down that path? Uh, Any idea? I think I think it speaks back to the lobbyists that I spoke about. Sure, trying to close down opt outs. You you answered it very very succinctly. Mm-hmm. In Congress, the Education Committee now is called the Education and Workforce Committee. The two have been combined. I think one is driving the other. Yes, yes. The tail is wagging the dog. That is not mm-hmm. okay. It is. 
Yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. And again, another reason for this show. We we exist on Education Nation here on the Patriot to help uh, awaken what is happening in our schools and in legislature as it relates to education. And we just have to be aware as citizens um, to the degree of change that has happened in education since we all attended our local public schools. That's right. Uh, it is not... What do they say? What's the saying? It is not your grandmother's school (laughs) (laughs) any longer. (laughs) It's not even your mother's school any longer or your father's school. (laughs) We talk about this all the time. You know, we go back to what Abraham Lincoln said. He said the philosophy of the classroom in one generation is the philosophy of the government in the next. So we talk about this tail wagging the dog, but the two seem to be just feeding off of one Mm -hmm. another. Absolutely. Well, during the 2017 state legislative session, lawmakers on the Education Policy Committee passed a law requiring the department to clearly spell out the consequences for students who opt out of testing. Under the new state plan for the federal ESSA guidelines, would you explain, Linda, for our listeners, what are some of the key consequences that students will face if they choose to opt out from taking the comprehensive tests? Well, there are three repercussions to opting out in Minnesota, and I'm going to put repercussions in quotation marks, okay, Okay. because they may not be repercussions, Mm -hmm. but they're trying to be pushed as if they are. Mm -hmm. First, students who do not participate will receive a score of not proficient at the school level only, Mm -hmm. and otherwise at the state and federal levels or wherever that data goes, they will be deemed as did not attend. Okay. 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 So student data is available at the state longitudinal database and at the MDE database, and this is where colleges or businesses will most likely look into needed student information, not Mm. at the school level. Okay. Okay. So they won't know, the those organizations would not see not proficient on that student. They would just see did not attend. Did not attend, which doesn't mean that they're proficient or not proficient. Right. It just means they, did not they attend. weren't there. But we know, right? Most, many of our opt-out students, at least, are are very bright. Yes, and those parents are quite savvy to know about it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I remember hearing a case. I believe it was in Florida. Was it even just as recently as last spring, so a year ago, um, where they were threatening the school officials were threatening not to pass students on if they opted out of the test, um, sure. the, the standardized testing. Are you aware of it actually, you know, you said here in Minnesota, the threat is there under the law, but sure. it hasn't always been and hasn't yet been um, brought forth. But in Florida, are they actually uh, kind of Staying, staying true to their word, and they, and they really are holding kids back from passing on to the next grade if they opt out. Do you happen to know about Florida? I don't know about passing on to the next grade, but mm-hmm. I do know that they cannot completely opt out in Florida from attending school that day. And what they have to do is they have to log in with their SSID number. Mm-hmm. That's their their official login number. And... Um, and then they don't take the test if they're opting out. They okay. have to op- they have to log in, and then they just sit there. And they just sit there. All the other students. So the, it's a sort of a punitive system. I was just going to say, but yeah. Again, the state the state laws can go beyond the federal, and the school districts can go beyond the state laws wow. with their policies. Okay. And okay. that's called local control, but it can be used in in positive ways, and it can be used in negative ways. Right. Right. You know, I thought um, I. So, I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to give you the two other repercussions, yes. and, and you, we can continue. But the other one now, the second one, students who receive a college-ready score on the high school MCA are now not required to take a remedial non-credit course at a Minnesota State College or University in the corresponding subject area, potentially saving time and money. Mm-hmm. And that's directly from the MDE forum. Mm-hmm. So, sure, this is rather common sense. But on the other hand, colleges are not stating that they will make students take remedial coursework unless, of course, they need it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's a stipulation here, but colleges are not saying that they're necessarily going to follow this. Because right. the not proficient label is held at the school level, schools may choose to be gracious of mm-hmm. parental consent and concerns or punitive by right. any policy they choose. Right. This is dictatorial local control. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen this year will either drive families to seek family-friendly school districts or remain in those that are punitive. Sure. Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just wanted to add this too. Now that point number two about the types of courses that would maybe not need to be taken at the college level. I thought I read somewhere that said that that one of the potential penalties for opting out would be to have to pay money at a Minnesota college for a course that was that did not have credit. Do, do you know about that at all? Is that I don't. Right? I, okay. I don't. I haven't seen it make its way into policy or into okay. into legislation. Um, and we're only talking about the English class or the math class. Mm-hmm. Okay. The two that right. are basically tested. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. right. We're not talking about everything. So. Right. Okay. Right. You know, who are these parents that are opting out of statewide assessments and why are they opting out and exactly what are the tests collecting? Well, parents refuse tests because of strong beliefs that the tests are being used in an improper manner to evaluate students and teachers, and that federal intrusion into state and local school matters should be decided by citizens and parents, who, by the way, might be paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so this Somehow year, that gets forgotten. one of our um, Minnesota education committees, uh, there was written testimony from Jane Robbins from the American Principals Project, mm-hmm. and she wrote this. With the breakneck's rush to introduce online learning into classrooms, marginalizing teachers in favor of computers and other devices, threats to student privacy has multiplied exponentially. Mm -hmm. Student data collected through such digital applications is voluminous and in many cases enormously sensitive, including psychological data collected by sophisticated software platforms that analyze a child's every keystroke, and in some cases even his physiological makeup and reactions to stimuli. In 2013, the U.S. Department of Ed issued a draft report describing and celebrating the types of intrusive data that can be collected on children through such technology. You said enthused about the potential mind mapping that could be accomplished by analyzing data generated from children's use of digital devices in the classroom. This is happening in classrooms throughout the nation, generally without parents' knowledge or consent, and without effective restrictions on what these vendors can do with such sensitive data and how long the data can retain it. The bottom line is that data about a student's psychological constitution may be maintained not only by the government through the schools, but by private corporations, perhaps to haunt that student forever. And so many parents are opting out because they don't want the data collection, not just academic questions anymore. These are personal questions about belief Mm -hmm. and your attitudes and and so forth that are mixed in with questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, this this race um, for for technologically based 
personalized learning, I put personalized in quotes, is based on all that data collection. You know, again, this is an example of businesses trying to take what they know, these tech companies, take what they know and apply it to education. And they think that by by collecting all this infinite her infinite data um, on kids, whether, you know, they press the button at this time and whether their eye movements change when they're being challenged with a question, these types of things that can come with a technologically based um, curriculum, it, they think that they can then map out the best way kids learn and develop this personalized learning set for a particular student. And they're not rats and mazes. They're children. They're whole people with with minds and hearts and souls. And and you can't predict behavior of children the way you might with a, ma- a rat in the maze. Right. But it seems that that's what they're trying to do to try to, in, in the collection of all of this data, so they can come up with like the holy grail of learning or something right. is what it seems they're trying to do. Yeah. Behavior and interests. Yeah. I mean, they all change over time anyway. Right, right. It's fluid. Thank right, you. right. So, and I believe this, this um, the devices and the online uh, learning is really leading children into the mental health situations that we're having now. It's exploding. Mm-hmm. Suicides at some of our school districts is just it's rising. Mm-hmm. We've done several Something's shows. Wrong. Something's d- wrong. Yep, yep. <laughs> We've done several shows actually on the role of technology in the classroom and just you know some of the negative effects of of mm-hmm. overuse of technology and screens and, and what happens to your brain and the effects of that. And so once again, you know, I'd encourage our listeners to go back and look at some of our previous podcasts on this. Um, I'm going to keep moving, though. After hearing this information on what's being gleaned on the individual students via the MCAs and other tests, um, how does a parent go ahead and opt out uh, from this testing for their child? Well, school districts have and are implementing their own procedures for opting out. It was a scramble this year. Parents were receiving opt-out notifications from school districts two days before the test when they had already written their own handwritten note. Um, At this point, it's just best to ask your own school district. Um, Write an email letter to Mm -hmm. opt-out, and it should always be in writing. Or you have a record, you have a trail of what has been said. Mm -hmm. Um, Do they want you to use the commissioner's form? Under local control, it's a choice of the district. Um, And uh, and And punitive measures are brought forward. Parents should not accept them. Um, school districts are reacting differently, some with no, some with lighter measures, and some very stringently. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like you need to be thinking ahead. So we can't wait until yeah. standardized test week to figure mm-hmm. out what the district's policy is. This is something that parents need to be asking well in advance of that so that they know what the district policy is so that they can follow it. They can spread the word to other parents if they choose to opt out as well. Right. So, and I would say do that this summer. Yes, that's a good point. Check yes. out your own school website. Sometimes opt-out is not uh, proclaimed broadly mm-hmm. and widely right. across the school district website. They don't right. want parents to know about it in many districts. However, call call the district you know, IT uh, tech director or testing director and ask them right mm-hmm. now over the summer and find out what your school is planning to do. Yeah, good good advice once again. Well, it's been two and a half years, Linda, since the passage of the ESSA and its additional federal oversight and its invasive testing and data collection, and yet there has been no discernible change in achievement gap or graduation rates, once again. Um, Exactly when 
are we supposed to see the successful impact of this overreach? Well, it's a great question. Um, the Department of Education and and the original ESSA, the law from 1965, has been reforming schools for over 50 years. Yeah. That's a long time when you think about it. Yeah. Some might term it experimentation mm-hmm. um, because of some of the programs that were never field tested prior to implementation. So, Such as Common Core. Where is the proof? You know, where's <laughs> the beef? Unfortunately, the USDOE's own statistics show that academic success has flatlined over those 50 years. Mm-hmm. We've not gotten any better, but what? Spending has skyrocketed. Yep. The spending has skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So, And yet we always... And <laughs> I was just going to say, yet we always hear that we're not spending enough money on education. Yeah. And that that number has continued to skyrocket, as you said, and with, with yeah. a flatlined result. And once again, I think we're looking in the wrong direction for what the solution is to uh, academic um, uh, rigor in across this nation. I think we're missing we're missing the mark, and we keep going yeah. down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. You know, given the consequences and the incurring guilt that is projected on families if they choose to opt out, what are some of the main reasons why parents still pull their kids out of taking the state's comprehensive assessments? And is it advantageous to the student currently in a K through 12 and beyond? Well, uh, the parents, I think we talked about earlier, they, they feel the tests are, are inadvertently hurting students through the data collection. They're hurting teachers uh, through the same and or they have ideological differences with what has been going on here. So absolutely, parents, um, we feel parents must remove their children from these tests. Um, we need to work out something with the administration or leave the school for another school. Mm-hmm. That's always an option. And it's not one that everybody thinks about mm-hmm. uh, because children have friends and all of that. But if um Schools should never be allowed to bully parents or children. And so um, we have a lot of options today. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of options. We can go to the school district next door. We can go to a private school. <laughs> we can homeschool. Yes. There are so many options that parents have right now. And I would say take take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent advice. And, you know, that's another point that I do want our listeners to understand when we talk about this data collection that's associated with the standardized testing. Uh, It's not just the student data that's the problem. You're right that the teachers are being evaluated on this as well. How well are their students meeting the standards? And, again, from a business person's perspective, that sounds so good. But when their Mm -hmm. hands are so tied to this curriculum that is aligned with the Common Core standards, um, the teachers have lost their autonomy in the classroom to be able to teach to the individual needs of the student. And they they are almost more like technicians in so many districts now and, and in any private school that's taking the same path. You know, it's not just public schools that are going down this path. Uh, some of the privates are too. Uh, but that being said, teachers are often unwilling to speak out about this because they're being evaluated by the results. And so if you're wondering why isn't there more of an outroar or uproar or outcry amongst the staff at these schools, it's because they're afraid, because their jobs are on the line. 
And that's an important piece of information for our listeners to understand. And sometimes you'll have teachers that will privately say things to parents that they might develop a close relationship with. We actually had a parent from a school district in the Twin Cities on our show uh, a while back and talked about that very issue, mm-hmm. that the teacher confided to to her that, yeah, we feel like all we do is teach to the test and prepare for the test. And, and when our hands are tied, we feel more like technicians than actual teachers. Mm-hmm. And And this is a complaint across the nation, not just here in Minnesota or in that one district. But they were afraid to speak up. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's not just affecting education. The workforce, the ones who want to see so much of their educational policies implemented, it's affecting them too. I spoke with an engineer of a prominent uh, engineering company here in the Twin Cities just a few weeks ago, and he talked about the new uh, hires coming Mm -hmm. in. And they have college degrees, but they don't know high school mathematics. Yep. Yep. They and and they also I'm told that by business leaders and college professors alike that they don't know how to think deeply and evaluate and analyze information. No. Um they're they're really good at looking things up on the internet and kind of right. just, you know, <laughs> gathering information and then they don't really know what to do with it. And um and so yes, that's what's mm-hmm. so sad because the very thing that some of these leaders would like um to see in the students the very policies that they're advocating are actually making it worse rather than making it better. And that's, again, where I say right. trust the educators. They usually know what's best for students. You know, I can't imagine how frustrating it is for the educators as they want to talk out because it's not as though that they're raising their voice on the issue can really change anything, given how steeped the laws and just the, the bureaucratic guidelines are that don't allow them to do anything differently. Yeah, yep, that's it. That's right. right. Well, given all of the changes, Linda, what advice would you give to Minnesota families that are torn between, say, opting out of these tests and incurring consequences from the new education laws? I know we looked at different ways to kind of research on what they can do and what schools to look at and what questions to ask. But, I mean, if they're really torn back and forth, is there any other advice that you could give these families? Well, again, I would say that parents first need to be aware and they need to be involved with their children's education. They need to talk to their kids at night or on the weekends. What happened at school this week, you know? And then search out those answers this summer. Search them out before the school year starts. Some of these opt-out forms want them signed in the fall early Hmm. for a spring test. Um, And then uh, decide. Has your school become too dictatorial? Are they being punitive to your kids? If they don't take the MCA, they won't be able to be in band. Or maybe they can't be in an art class or some enrichment that they wanted to have um, or what have you. Or they're going to have to take a math course and repeat that grade mm-hmm. all over again or take a remedial math course. So um, put them in a school. You're going to need to look and take the time. Put them in a school that is not being punitive. There are some still, and in the public school districts there are. So it may take a little work, but in the end, you as parents, and especially your kids, will have a better experience educationally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So involvement is key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't I can't emphasize that more. That is such an important point, Linda. And I'm assuming that this information would be found on the websites of these individual school districts. We just have a couple seconds. Yes, you can look on your individual school district websites. You can also call your school district or your school 
testing director. And there is a testing director for every school because of so many tests. Oh, that's great to know. (laughs) I did not know that. Isn't that interesting? A whole job just for the testing. That gives you a little insight into how much testing takes place. (laughs) Well, Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And thank you to our listeners for listening to Ed Nation. And if you want to listen to this show or any previous podcasts, go to our website at ednationmn.org or check us out on Facebook or Twitter as well. See you next week, 6 p.m. AM 1280, Education Nation. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.